Check it out. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we're delighted to have the wonderful Genevieve Jacobs in the studio, speaking with AIDS Action Council patron John Mackay about family, philanthropy, and how HIV changed the course of his life. Check it out. LGBTIQ Health, Lifestyle and Community News. Check it out. Is brought to you by the AIDS Action Council. From Canberra. For everyone. Hello, Genevieve Jacobs with you for the Check It Out podcast from the AIDS Action Council of the ACT. And with me, someone whose wholehearted support has meant a great deal to the community here in Canberra. It's John Mackay, inaugural patron of the council, one of those people who gets a lot done in this community, a former chief executive of ActuAGL, former chancellor of the University of Canberra. He's got an AM as well. And best of all, in 2012, a grand officer of the Chilean Order of Bernardo (laughs) (laughs) O'Higgins. But what drives John Mackay's involvement with the AIDS Action Council here in the ACT? He's got a passionate personal story about HIV and AIDS to tell. Hello, John. Welcome. Good afternoon, Genevieve. Look, it makes sense, I think, to start with your childhood and your family. You're one of seven. Your parents were part of that interwar generation. Tell me briefly about those early years out in the bush. So I grew up in uh, Wellington, New South Wales. Dad was your classic stock and station agent. Mum was a stop-home mother with uh, lots of kids. And it was a pretty carefree sort of a childhood, really. Uh, we were never rich, never really poor either. Uh, I wasn't fantastic at school, but managed to live this uh, very carefree life. So. You were a bit of a troublemaker, weren't you? You were the one that made the class cut up and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, isn't it? <laughs> the One of the reports said that John seems to think the only purpose in coming to school is to entertain the rest of the class. <laughs> <laughs> there was another one that said, for all the benefit John gets out of this subject, he might as well not attend. <laughs> so. All right, it was like that. What, what brought you to Canberra? Well, I started my life as a bulldozer driver after I left school. I hadn't matriculated, so I hadn't done well enough at school to go off to uni or teacher's college or any of those things that my friends did. So I went to a place called Nevertire and commenced life as a bulldozer driver. Uh, That was pretty good. It was good money, lots of overtime. And my dad rang me and he said, John, I think you should go to Canberra. And I said, where's that? So that's how much I knew. But anyway, it was this fantastic piece of advice. I had a friend who had left school probably 10 months earlier, and he'd come to Canberra and he'd written me a few letters saying how terrific it was. So I thought, well, why not? Well, thence in the end to a long, fruitful career at the corporate level. Along the way, too, you were involved in all sorts of charitable and community causes, everyone from the Salvos to the Canberra Raiders, if they're a charitable cause. (laughs) What, What motivated you to be someone who stepped up, got involved? I think I realised as I became senior that, that you know, whichever way you cut it, you've got a lot of power and a lot of influence. And just by nature of your job, you know lots and lots of people, like you know Genevieve. And if you need Genevieve to do something, you can dial her up. And so I, I just had this feeling that I could do a lot more than just simply run ActuAGL with the influence and the power that I had. And so I decided I would use that job to to do good things around the city. So, so at this point, let's just shift our focus a little. 
Tell me about the two of your brothers who inspired your eventual involvement with AIDS Action here in the ACT. So can we have a little of their story, who they were? Yes, so uh, David and Stephen, my two younger brothers, uh, they grew up, had a similar sort of life to me, I suppose. Although I always thought they were a bit different to me for some reason, so whether they were gay or not, I'm not sure, but I suspect so. Uh, They drifted off to Sydney, um, got involved in the drug scene, really had a pretty rough life. I remember uh, uh, paying the money to get a lawyer to to stop one of my brother, one of the David, from going to jail. Actually, and so I didn't really understand this drug scene. Somehow or other, it avoided me, and 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 I didn't know much about the gay scene either. And so they. well, I guess I just found out after a while. They'd both come and lived with myself and my wife and my family on a couple of occasions. I found Stephen a job in Canberra, which was really great. But somehow or other, these things just kind of, they, they always got into a bit of trouble. And uh, and whether it was money trouble or whatever, but they anyway, they, they ended up back in Sydney. They, they became victims of AIDS. Uh, in the late 80s. So David was one of the first people in Australia to be diagnosed. And and it was an incredible time. I mean, you had the most horrendous ad I've ever seen or advertising campaign of the federal government when they were running the Grim Reaper stuff. I mean, it was just horror on the screen each night. I didn't understand them and I'd been a bit estranged from them, but when they became ill... I felt it was my, well, I wanted to see what I could do to help. It must have been such a shock, though. You've talked about this big Bush family who had their battles, as, mm. as many people do. How did it resonate with you and your family? What, what kind of questions did you ha- have, remembering that this is right back at the very beginning mm. of HIV AIDS in this country? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think one of the things that kind of got me really focused was just how tough it was for mum. Dad had died some time earlier. And and at that time, you know, there was a lot of people in a little country town who thought this was some sort of punishment from God for being a homosexual or a drug taker. So your family copped that? Oh, they, yeah, they yeah, that yeah, yeah. She, she had very few people in the in the town that she could talk to. And so, it, it, I mean, there's a mother going to lose two of her kids. It's pretty sad stuff. And she can't really talk about it or share the grief because of the kind of, well, sheer ignorance, but, but also the bias and, and so on that went with that. So, so what were the effects for all of you, feeling that for your family this was something that people had to keep to themselves, that here you were going through this terrible tragedy and someone yeah. like your mum could hardly seek support, ask yeah. for help, because no one knew what to do or say. Well, I must have, I was working for a federal minister at that stage as Senior Private Secretary, and, and I felt I was able to talk to the people in the office and the minister. So, I mean, I think Canberra was a bit more sophisticated in that way. So I felt I could talk to my my friends and, uh, and, and so on. And it, it didn't worry me too much. I was mostly worried about mum and, and just how sad and tragic 
this whole thing was and also worried about the boys and just was there something I could do. So um, take me along that journey, John, of, of what happened with your brothers. How did this all unfold for them and for those they loved? Well, they just really ended up in St Vincent's Hospital, uh, which I think was the sort of centre of the universe for Australia as far as AIDS is concerned. I mean, very early days. And they were in the hospital and then they transferred over to the hospice and then they died. Uh, They died six weeks apart, which was pretty sad all round. I remember one classic day where I met mum in Sydney and we went and picked my brother up from the hospital in a wheelchair, wheeled him over to the hospice to see his other brother and it was pretty clear that that was the last time they were going to see each other because they'd be both dead by Christmas and that was you know, probably, must have been about September because I remember just what a shockingly tragic day it was. And the only high spot for me was the Raiders were playing <laughs> South Sydney just down the road that afternoon. And I thought, well, I'm going to get to that 40 match no matter what after this. And so, you know, once I'd kind of got mum through all of that and sent her back to wherever she was staying, I went to the footy and I was supposed to meet some friends, but I didn't. I sat in the rain And I only had a certain amount of money and I thought, I'm going to take myself out of the game today. So I started drinking schooners of the worst white wine you've ever seen and just absolutely let it, the sadness, you know, drown the sadness and the tragedy of that day. So it was was pretty, pretty awful times. I mean, there were some incredibly high spots you know, uh, both David and Stephen had accumulated some beautiful friends who would come in and sleep the night with them and that kind of stuff. And the nurses at the hospice and all of that were just absolute angels. And so, you know, you just had this incredible feeling when you when you went away that they weren't on their own. And, you know, that, that helped a lot. And when, when we had the funerals, one after another, basically... They, well, they were tragic and sad occasions, but but there was a great feeling of love surrounding them. Uh, and and funnily enough, I, I mean, well, not funnily enough, but but I still go back to Wellington, and I've had people come up to me and say, "I remember your brother, particular one. What a lovely guy he was, and uh, and how sad all of that was." You're listening to John Mackay. I'm Genevieve Jacobs and we're part of the Check It Out podcast from the AIDS Action Council here in the ACT. John, you've said in the past that you wished you'd done more for them. What, what do you mean by that? Well, I didn't understand AIDS. I didn't understand the impact of heroin. So I really tried to help them, particularly during the heroin time. But, but I, I, I mean, I basically just tried to throw money at the problem and thought this will go away. And, you know, what I understand now about drugs is it's much more than that and, and money on its own won't fix anything. Uh, and so by me throwing money at them, I, I presume, you know, it went on more heroin. <laughs> and uh, 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 so, and, and of course, they're involved in, uh, in crime as well, uh, as most heroin addicts are. So... 
So I wish I'd have tried to do more. I did have them, as I say, both at different times come and, and live with me. Uh, and I had had a third brother who, uh, who actually spent 10 years in jail uh, again. So, so three brothers who are heroin addicts, but this guy didn't get, didn't get AIDS, but, but again had a tragic life. Mm. So if you look back, what, what could you have done differently? Because I, it has to be in the context of not really understanding what's going on here. No one yeah. knew what they were grappling with. Yeah. Well, it was just that knowing what I know now and knowing the other sort of resources that are available. In, in fact, one of my brothers, David, I think, was in Karalika here in Canberra for quite a long time. And so, you know, I was trying to look after him and support him at that time as while he was going through uh, one of these programs. But uh, there probably is a limit to what you could do, but, but I know a lot more now than I knew then and I would have handled things a lot, a lot differently. After their deaths, tell me about the grieving process and how everyone made their way through it and maybe what changed in you as a result of having been through this yeah. awful, painful thing. Yeah, well, I, I don't think the grief was necessarily any different to any anybody else's grief for for whatever reason. But I, I think it it made me a lot more compassionate than I had been in the past. So that's a bit of a plus, I think. So so I became somebody who would, would look at somebody who was down on their luck and and feel sorry for them. And and so I, I I really, to this day, I mean, if I see somebody in a supermarket line and they haven't got enough money to buy whatever it is they're buying, packet of smokes or some sugar, I'll always lean forward and say, here, I mean, I've been lucky. I've been very fortunate, but but it, it, it it's just something that I now feel. I sort of look at, I, and, and and sometimes I might walk along a street behind somebody, and I'll say that could be one of my brothers. You sometimes think about them as because they'd be now in their sixties, what they'd be like. Uh, but they're both absolutely beautiful human beings. How much do you think has changed over the years? in the wider community with regard to HIV and AIDS and, and perhaps where has that change come from? What, what's made it happen? Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I think there's a lot broader understanding of, uh, of uh, what it is and that, you know, you can't catch AIDS by shaking hands with somebody who's got AIDS. Uh, and, and it wasn't always that. So, so education is a lot better. And, of course, the drugs are a lot better as well. So, so if you had AIDS back in the late 80s, you're going to die and probably, you know, reasonably quickly. you got AIDS now, you're probably not going to die. And, uh, and you're going to be able to lead a life which is relatively normal. John, tell me why you accepted the invitation to become a patron for AIDS Action here in the ACT and what you feel you've been able to achieve as a consequence. Well, of course, when Philippa approached me and she said, we want, we, we want you to be our patron, and I thought, well, I've had two brothers who have died from this stuff and I do now know a bit about it, so it's somewhere where I can make a, a contribution. So, so that's why I went on and... Uh, 
And then I started to look around for what I could actually do. And what could you do? What did you discover? Well, in a conversation with Philippa, she mentioned this idea that Richard Rachel wanted a garden. And I thought, well, if there's one thing I know a little bit about doing is delivering gardens. Well, as, as the, the, the chair for the Arboretum from the yeah. beginning, someone who'd seen all of that process. Yes. Mm. And, and so, so I'd seen gardens designed for the Australian Garden Scheme and I'd been involved in an Aboriginal garden personally. And I thought, well, this is just a no-brainer. Uh, I said, uh, we've, got to, we've got to find 150000 bucks first. That's the only little thing. And Philippa said, well, you know, we could run a bit of a fundraiser here and there. And I said, well, I could go around and knock on a few doors and find some money. And so, you know, in no time at all, uh, it was quite interesting. People like the Snow Foundation, ActuAGL, the John James Foundation, all saw this as a really important thing. And and so they tipped in money. And, and you know, we got $2 donations and... Twenty thousand dollar donations, and we and we raised the money in pretty short order, and 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 we got a really nice design done, and the garden is now built, and and I'm really really proud of the little bit that I did, and to go out there, I've been out there a couple of times, once for a candlelight sort of memorial on International AIDS Day, which was really great, but I, I just went for a wander through the gardens the other day and there's Richard Rachel cleaning out the pond and I thought <laughs> now you know and, and he said I'm just you know thinking about our family and community and I said well mate so am I and uh, it was just a wonderful thing to be able to do. So much has changed today as you say the new treatments the awareness the better understanding we've still got people being diagnosed what are the most urgent needs now? I'm not sure I'm the person to answer that. <laughs> uh, I mean, ob- obviously, it, it's important, and the AIDS Action Council does it really well, is to, number one, help to look after this community, and number two, provide services which will, will help prevent people catching AIDS, and very good in terms of educating educating the community, both the AIDS community and the non-AIDS community, on some of the challenges, and and, and I, th- I, th- I think we also are very good at, at getting government focused on this this problem and the issues that we need to deal with, and the assistance we need to be able to do that. What would you say to your brothers if they were sitting here today? Oh man, <laughs> I I don't know what I would say. I mean, I don't think they had the power to change the outcome that they got, and nor did I. I mean, I think we'd be spending a fair bit of time in the next little while saying sorry to each other. Um, They'd be probably saying sorry to me for all the dreadful things they did. (laughs) What would you be saying sorry to for them? I'd be just saying, you know, I I wish, you know, because we were estranged for quite some time, I just... You know, I mean, I was running a career and a family and a life and uh, in a different city. And I'd probably be saying, sorry, we, you know, didn't see a bit more of each other in those year, couple of years before they both died. I saw a lot of them in the weeks and months before they died. But uh, How much do you miss them? 
Oh, enormously. Um, I, uh, it, it's just so funny, you, you sort of, so I've got a diary that pops up when it's everybody's birthday and, and when their birthday pops up, I think. I wonder what they would be like today. I mean, uh, they had they had a normal upbringing, I think they'd have both ended up in the theatre in one way or another. They're both very theatrical, particularly David. And 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 despite the fact that he was he was gay, women loved him. He was such a nice person and such a uh, vivacious individual. So. Who knows what I'd say. John Mackay, thank you. We've had a, a terrific time here at the AIDS Action Council podcasting studio and um, I really want to thank you for sharing your story. It's a pleasure, Genevieve. Until next time, it's uh, Genevieve Jacobs with you for Check It Out. <laughs> for more information, visit our website at aidsaction.org.au. Follow us on Facebook or become an AIDS Action Council member. You know you want to. LGBTIQ health, lifestyle and community news. Check it out. It's brought to you by the AIDS Action Council. From Canberra. For everyone.